Good morning. Uh, thank you, Jeremy and Jared and Sydney and everybody. Really appreciate it. Uh, when Shelly and I were in San Francisco, uh, we had two tired pianists and a clarinet player. So I'm really always grateful for all the musical gifting that people use to serve the Lord and lead us in worship. I'm really grateful for that. I wanted to thank you for praying for us. Uh, we had the City Planning Commissioning meeting this last Monday at 7 o'clock, and it, uh, it went off without a hitch. It was a five-to-nothing slam dunk. There, were no, there was no opposition, so the uh, parcel of our property, the sale of 10 acres, and the uh, kind of reconditioned uh, Conditional use permit has all been approved, and within 10 days of that, I don't know if that includes weekdays or is 10 working days, but if there are no um, indications of opposition, then that will all be approved, and we will go forward with the sale of that property. And uh, as I like to say, we will, uh, I hope, realize the vision of... Uh, being on our new property in 2020. So Vision 2020 is what I'm thinking and praying about, and I encourage you to be doing that too and be praying with us as we go through the steps to make that happen, and this is a really big one. So thank you, Lord. And I mean that sincerely. Um, we had a wonderful uh, time with Steve Farrar. I hope if... If you were around, you were able to be a part of that. Um, that was just very, very rich, and I'm richer today because of, uh, of uh, Steve being with us and the time that uh, he shared with us and the message that he brought to us in Ignite. And I, I thank Michael Lopes for really envisioning all of that and bringing all the guys together for that. It was very, very rich. We uh, have been in Ephesians now. This is uh, episode 32, I guess you could say. Wow. Uh, anyway, I, I, I won't go into why it has, uh, we've been in it so long, but uh, we've been in chapter 6, verses 10 through 20, and that's, you know, kind of bringing the whole series out of that grand epistle to a conclusion, and the last four messages have been on spiritual warfare in those verses, verses 10 through uh, 20 of chapter 6. And this morning we wanted to do um, a, a Q&A, a question and answer, but I wanted to remind us uh, of our enemy and as we think about spiritual warfare. These are things, not all that could be said, but things that are said of our adversary, the evil one, the devil, Satan. He tempted Jesus. And he does so to us. I've been reading in First and Second Timothy uh, devotionally for a couple of months, actually. 
through both, both letters. And in chapter 6 of 1 Timothy, um, in verse 12, uh, let me read just a couple of verses while you're pondering some of those things that are said of the devil. Paul writes to Timothy, But as for you, man of God, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. And what's interesting is he begins that letter very similarly, in fact, in fact, in chapter 1, verse 18, uh, he says, wage the good battle for faith. And we all have, and we are all involved in spiritual warfare, spiritual battles. The Bible is absolutely clear on this. We are in wartime, not peacetime. It's all over Scripture, and I can't read them all, but just a couple of things to, to bring this into perspective. In Hebrews 12, chapter 4, we are at war against sin. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11, there is a war waging within our souls. Jude 3 talks about the struggle of our faith. In 2 Timothy, Paul calls us soldiers, in the second letter that he writes to the Corinthians, two times Paul talks about how we as Christians have weapons that we are to fight with and engage the enemy and manage the battle. In Ephesians 6.12, which we have been in, it bears repeating that we struggle not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the powers and against the authorities of this dark world and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And the reality is that every single person in this room is involved in spiritual warfare. It looks different in each of our lives. But there are things going on every single day in every single one of our lives in this room. There are things going on that are attacking your faith. Some of you in this room are in a battle for your marriage at this very moment. Some of you are battling as parents with children. There are battles for purity happening in the minds and lives of us across this room. Brothers, some of your minds are battlegrounds for lustful thoughts. I even thought about deleting the word some. War is being waged. College and career adults, some of you are in relationships where there is a daily, weekly battle for, for purity and holiness. Married brothers and sisters, there are some of you that are in a battle against an affair coming just around the corner, which you're inching toward. There are battles over worry and doubt and despair represented in this room this morning. 
Maybe for some of you, it's all of the above or things we haven't even mentioned. There is a battle for materialism that is waging all around us in this culture that is affecting our souls. So here's the reality. We are involved in a spiritual war, whether you're at home or at work, whether you're on campus, whether you're alone, whether you're with others, there is a spiritual battle raging. You might think, well, I'm not even a Christian. This doesn't apply to me. Absolutely, it applies to you. There is a spiritual battle raging for your soul this very day. We are involved in a spiritual war, and the enemy in this spiritual war is formidable. There are spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms who desire, who aim to defame God, to distort God's gospel, and to destroy God's people. There is an advocate. If you think that I don't know what I'm talking about, this week I got the news Monday morning that a colleague of mine 40 years ago has been a sexual predator a pastor in the work of the church. Not just one, but two. No, not two, but three. No, not three. He was the founding pastor of a fourth church that just celebrated 20 years of ministry. And they have had to take down every picture, every mention of that man. They have had to eradicate his name from their website from their writings, and he's not just a pastor, he's their founding pastor. This has been a hard week. It's not something that I can just entertain intellectually and move on like it's just some interesting facts. This has affected our family, members of our family who were touched by this man and affected. How? They're no longer walking with the Lord. They're no longer attending church. They've rejected it all. And this is multiplied to people that we have known that we never understood. How could this have happened? Why have you walked away from the Lord? He is good. But gentle, fledgling faith can be broken when it hasn't yet learned to invest itself fully in the Lord and not in the Lord's representatives. Women who are destroyed by this. How did it begin? Just imagine that. How did it begin? How did it continue? How did he justify it? How did he rationalize it? 
You don't think that's spiritual warfare? You don't think that's a battle for your soul? You don't think that's real stuff? His wife destroyed his reputation, his life. And I have trouble even mentioning that because that was built on the lives of other people. A lot of times we do not stare nor do we entertain the ramifications of our sin. And our culture, it glories in it. And the hypocrisy is that it holds it up as a terrible thing. We need more health care. We need more of this. We need more money for that. How horrible, how shameful. And yet it plays it down in every other way. It invites it, and then when the ugliness and the ramifications and the destruction of it comes out, it abhors it publicly. And all along, these very external, visible things are going on in small ways in our own lives, in the choices we make. In the things we entertain, the things that we look back on and perhaps approve and then move on to repeat and repeat and repeat. Absolutely it applies to you. There's a spiritual battle raging for your soul and we are involved in spiritual warfare and there are spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms who desire, who aim to defame God, distort his gospel, destroy his people. There's an adversary who wants to wreck your marriage. You may want to do it on your own, but there is someone pressuring you and encouraging you, absolving you of responsibility and blaming your spouse. There's an adversary who wants to destroy your relationships, who wants to attack your integrity, who wants to destroy your faith at all costs to keep you from knowing the goodness and the glory of God and from living out and spreading the gospel of God. 1 Peter 5.8, Peter says, the devil is a lion prowling, looking for someone to devour. And so, yes, become strong in the strength of the Lord. Put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit, your feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace. Be strong in the strength of the Lord. Shelley and I, and maybe even I can coax Corey to, to help us, but Corey's going to moderate. Um, we've got a few questions that we want to address right now. So will you uh, welcome Shelley and Corey?
Good morning. I have to say, for everybody out there that's thinking about this, is it intimidating to sit up here with two people you look up to a lot, have a tremendous amount of respect for, and in many ways model yourself after? <laughs> yes, it's very intimidating. But what a blessing they are to all of us, right? It's great to be up here. A couple of questions came in this week, and I think how we see these questions, I, when I looked at them, I thought these are questions I could have written myself, I could have asked. So I'm sure many of you will feel that way as well. And I can't wait to hear from both of you, especially Shelly and her perspective. We've heard John uh, preach on these things. And so hopefully we will uh, get through this together. The first thing that came in, and I struggled with this early in my faith and continue to work this out, but the first question that, that's on the list is how do you or how do we decide or recognize the difference between a testing of faith from God and a temptation of faith of the devil? I thought that was very well worded. I think we'll let you guys answer that. Start. Is this, it's on? Good. Um, I think that as you walk with the Lord longer, it becomes easier to tell the difference. Um, I wrote down just a few things that helps me to uh, discern whether it's of the Lord, if it's just normal, or if it's of Satan. And I want to start with the verse that um, John 10.10, 10, and the thief or Satan comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I, Jesus, came that they might have life and might have it abundantly. So when things happen in my life, I, I ask a lot of questions. And some of the questions I ask are, is this condemning me? Is it saying, Shelley, you're a bad person. Um, you never do anything right. You're a bad mom. That's why your kids do this or do that. Um, John and I had a tiff last week, which you all heard about. So, <laughs> Shelly, you're a bad wife. You're, you're causing spiritual warfare in your husband's life, which that was probably true. Um, but is it condemning? Does it make me feel absolutely hopeless, like there's no way out or up from there? Um, am I accused? Is, it, is the evil one accusing me? Um, sometimes it can even lead to depression, and I'm not saying all depression is spiritual warfare at all. But sometimes, especially if you're a person that doesn't really struggle with that and you just find yourself in a dark spot, not being able to, to look up. Um, from God, I think that he convicts us in a healthy way. We do have sin in our life. And like John said, we are in a battle every day and things happen every day. Um, and so God, if we have the Holy Spirit in our lives, he convicts us. And so that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Um, he also can call me to repentance, to change. And John talked about that some last week, which I, it really hit me. Um, am I assured that I'm forgiven? Yeah, I've been, I've done some things, um, actions towards other people, my children, my husband, but do I know I'm forgiven? Can I go on or do I act, always live in defeat? Um, do I feel restored? Mm -hmm. Do I feel restored as a child of God that yes, I can turn, I can repent, I can go on. So if something causes me to look, I always, I always use the, the um, phrase of looking up. A friend told me that a long time ago, that Shelley, keep looking up. And what I take that as, look up to the Lord. Look to him, look to his word. So if I have something in my life that's constantly causing me to look down, to look down, to look down, 
That is spiritual warfare. I need to keep looking up. Um, so I hope that helps a little bit. I just thought that was great. <laughs> I'd love to have you preach a sermon series. <laughs> All right. Then I could tell about stories about you. <laughs> 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 no, I don't feel bad about what he says about me. He would, I, I'm, that's a joke. There's he no would. story you could tell that I wouldn't tell on myself. <laughs> I have to say it was a little intimidating being asked to moderate this morning because when I listened to the sermon last week and he said they were in a tiff, I wasn't sure what I was moderating. So. <laughs> I'm glad it's worked out now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was thinking along the same lines. I wrote, uh, God seeks our faith, and the devil seeks our failure. So when I respond in faith, I feel like I'm following the Lord. If I, if I respond in, like you said, condemnation, failure, I, I realize I'm not following the light. Um, I believe the Spirit does convict, but I believe Satan condemns. And you brought out the same things. Um, we respond in strength in Christ no matter what's, what's happened. Um, sometimes I'm really sad about myself. You know, I'm disappointed in myself. Or sometimes I'm experiencing fear or great discouragement. And I, I have talked a little about this, but I commend it to you. I get small. That's my, my little thing. It's kind of a takeoff on Steve Martin. But I get small. I bring, every, bring my whole outlook down to where I am right now. Right now. And I ask where I am with the Lord. And I start walking right there in love with him. Uh, what... How can I shape my life through his strength and guidance right now with the people around me, the things that are right in front of me or just next? And that I start walking that way and I find that I start to skip and then to run because I, I'm in touch with the reality of my life and the things that God wants to be doing in my life now, not reacting to something from my past or yesterday that I regret. Uh, I, I can now have the perspective where I ask forgiveness and move on, and I look at the future differently as well. It's something I can manage because I realize that the future is not now. And what I do now in the strength of the Lord is, is real, and it's palpable. So... Just this morning, I was having a conversation with Ken, who put in perspective what I've been thinking about this question all week, and that is, he has these headphones that cancel, they're noise-canceling headphones, and he puts them in so he can be in tune with what he needs to be in tune with. And I think sometimes our spiritual lives, we have to work on them all the time so that we can be in tune with the Spirit, so that we can hear God, just like those headphones, so it blocks out the noise of the world, and we could hear what we're supposed to hear. And I think that's the easiest way for me um, to answer that question. That's good. 
How would you explain to someone the difference between what is true spiritual warfare and what is the result of our bad choices or simply being outside of God's will? Well, I think our bad choices are a part of spiritual warfare. And so I wouldn't myself, I, I, th I, I, I think I appreciate the intent of the question, but for me, true spiritual warfare can be involving everything around me. It, everything that we're told about Satan and the demons, uh, he can disguise himself as an angel of light. Um, in other words, he can pose as something very inviting and something you may even desire. Uh, pose, um, by that I mean, uh, look, Jesus himself was tempted. Um, whether Satan appeared to him in some kind of familiar or human form or in his isolation in the desert, he prompted thinking that Jesus began to battle with, uh, things that were tempting, things that appealed to pride and ego, being special, being distinct. Those kinds of things I can relate to. And I recognize the demonic character of that. Does that make sense? I recognize the anti-Christian the non-gospel stuff of that. And the more I clarify that in my own thinking and its ramifications, the more then I realize I'm in a battle about how I evaluate this situation or what's in front of me, what's enticing me, the choices that I have to make. And that's how it all kind of runs together and why I wouldn't tend to draw a hard distinction between those things. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's hard to make a distinction. I think we have to, to be clear that spiritual warfare does not just mean temptation, that you're being tempted. Uh, it can mean that you're tempted and that then maybe you make poor choices. I think um, a lot of times spiritual warfare, as we've said, happens every day in many different situations. It's different for you than it is for me, perhaps. Um, uh, for example, I mean, and, and the evil one and the spirits out there, they know where your weaknesses are. There's some basic things that John said earlier. Strong marriages, good families, that is so important. So, of course, the evil one wants to break those. He wants to weaken our marriages, weaken our relationships. But, I mean, things can happen like if you're a young mom and you, you get up, you're on the way, you're trying to get everything going and someone spills milk or you have a child who can't find their shoes or something like that. All those little things can become very, very irritating. And sometimes that, those situations, you might say, caused you to blow up at your kids or slam some doors or send your kids off in a bad way. But that's spiritual warfare. That's the, the evil one trying to get you where he knows that he can get you. And how you choose to react or respond to that um, can 
give you a good glimpse of your spiritual maturity or how much you're trusting the Lord at that moment. And that's why it's a daily thing of having to repent. Same thing in your marriage, things can, that can annoy you or at your job. So there are things every day. Um, the verse, John, and you mentioned this, but John 16, but I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. A lot of times we think we're the only ones that are going through certain things or no one else's life could possibly be like this. But this verse right here tells us we will all have tribulation. We will, you know, everybody is struggling all over the world. So um, we need to be aware that we are in a spiritual battle. Uh, we can determined to live as victims or victors, and we can be victors in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing John said in his sermon, one of the sermons was, and it really hit me, that spiritual, a good way to, know to, to, to define or recognize spiritual warfare is it's all about shutting down the power of God. So when I get in a tiff with John last Saturday night, that was all about, that was not something good. That was not something that was going to bring um, healing or encouragement. It was about shutting down the power of God. So that has really helped me to recognize, um, recognize that. Sometimes people have the question, and it is one of the ones that was presented, and I'm excited to hear the answer to this from both of you because sometimes I think spiritual warfare can, the excuse of spiritual warfare can be used as a crutch mm-hmm. or just an excuse. Um, so do you think we have a responsibility to that? Is it possible we use that as a crutch sometimes? Uh, I'd like to listen to you. We, um, I, and I answered that a little bit. I think we all have spiritual warfare. We'll have it in our lives. What we determine to do, um, which, what choices we make, can result in sin. And some of you, this came up in our, our group uh, this week, and some of you, probably a lot of you don't remember, but Flip Wilson, the uh, comedian, and he said, the devil made me do it. You know, I mean, he was, and some people might use that, and Christy Blattner had a great example of a little kid um, who was using that, and I thought it was so, so cute. But, but the devil doesn't make us do it. We, we make choices, and so I, I don't think, I don't use that as a crutch. Sometimes... If my attitude is incorrect and bad, I might recognize that and say to the people around me, and usually it's John, I'm sorry, I just feel like I'm going through so much, I'm exhausted. This happened this week with our, these people that we know. And even this week as we were, and, and it's the way the Lord always does it. Whatever you're speaking on, whatever you're dealing with, he brings those things into your life, doesn't he? And there is spiritual warfare. But, you know, with these, the, the man that John was talking about, his wife was my best friend all through high school. And so um, it does hit close to home. And we know so many people that have been affected and involved. But does that make me say, God is not real. He's not good. He's not good all the time. Does it cause me to doubt those who um, were my spiritual fathers and mothers because maybe they made some bad choices in not handling the situation correctly? Uh, those things can all be uh, spiritual warfare that can really drag me down. Um, but I, I try not to anymore use that as an excuse for myself. Um, 
And I think we need to remember, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So what God asks me to do and what choices he asks me to make, he equips me to do. The word is clear about that over and over and over again. So there are no excuses, really. Thank you. How does labeling or identifying spiritual warfare, warfare help, help you? It really helps me because, and, and maybe that ties into the previous question about is it a cop-out? Well, when I identify in my own thinking I, I'm engaged in spiritual warfare, it expands my perspective and uh, it it allows me to realize that there's something bigger going on here, more important things than perhaps my petty perspective. And so that kind of calls me to action. And with, armed with that greater perspective, I take different steps, um, make different choices, better choices. And I, I fall upon the power of God. I, I lean on him. I begin to trust in him in ways that maybe I, I wasn't even attuned. If, if we don't label spiritual warfare, warfare and recognize it, all kinds of things are going to happen to us. We're just going to go on with life. We're going to be blaming it on bad luck, on other people. Um, being aware that there is a battle which John has hammered into our heads the last few weeks I hope nobody goes out of here, here thinking that we're not in a spiritual battle, battle and that these supernatural forces in the heavenly realms, they are real. And so being equipped like the, with all of, the breast, the, all of those things that we're supposed to put on helps us to be aware. And so it's extremely important that we be aware and know what we're facing because if you don't, it's the best thing to get to know your enemy, isn't it? Because then you know how to fight them well. Uh, three passages I would encourage you to reflect on this week. James 1, verses 13 through 18, which says that we are not tempted by God, but by our own desires. Um, Mark chapter 3, verses 22 through 27. This is, you might find interesting, but... Uh, Opponents of Jesus accused him of being demon-possessed and that he was casting out demons or doing things in the power of the devil. And Jesus tells a short parable. Basically, he says, you can't plunder a strong man's house unless you first bind that strong man. In other words, he was likening the healing and the uh, spiritual cleansing and the redemptive work that he was doing that they perceived as the casting out of demons by the power of Satan. He was saying, no, I'm binding that strong man, entering into their lives and doing a work that is greater than that. Of uh, That's where he says, a house, a house divided cannot stand. So I encourage you to maybe reflect on that. And then John chapter 8, verses 44 through 48, where he says, you are children of the devil. Speaking of to the religious leaders, and the, the, the definition of paternity there is not biological. It's what you choose to desire. 
And he says, your desires come from the father of lies. So that, th there's three important passages that you can reflect on that I think will give you some, some help in understanding the power of God over spiritual warfare and some of its nature. For me, it's important to identify it simply because how arrogant, how arrogant is it to think that we're immune to it when there's so much on it in, in the Bible and you've taught so much on it over the last few weeks. And one thing that really stood out to me, and I'll make a football analogy because we just went through the, the draft. Um, we have to get through baseball season, that spiritual warfare, before we can get to football season. But uh, one thing that stands out to me is that uh, the, best, the best defense is a good offense, and we have to stay on the offense. I don't want to hand the ball off to the devil too often in my life. I don't want to give him too much credit for the things he does, but I, it would be arrogant for me to think that he's not involved in things around me every day. Um, so I need to be on the offensive, and how do I do that? I pray, I seek God, and I spend time with people um, in John's office asking him questions about my life and getting, getting answers to that with you guys. Uh, even just sitting in the sound booth this morning and hearing from Ken, I learned so much. And so for me, I don't, I don't want to be seen as arrogant. I don't want to think that I'm immune to that. So I'm going to stay on the offensive. I'm going to continue to um, hold the ball and keep it away from the devil as much as possible. That's a good place to end, Corey. Will you stand with us? I'm going to ask Corey if he'll close in prayer for us. Wish we could have done more, but maybe we've given some, some added help and encouragement. For you, it doesn't have to end here. If you have more questions or are seeking answers or just want prayer, there's Prayer cards you can turn in, and we pray for you as a staff. And also, emails are available on the bulletin. Feel free to e email any of the staff, and they will respond. Uh, even John does a great job of that with his busy schedule. So it uh, doesn't have to end here. If you have questions or things in your life that you're battling, uh, let us know. Let us pray with you and for you. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you, thank you for an opportunity to stand before you in the presence um, through your spirit, God, I pray that you would minister to everybody in this room, that as they go from this place, you would protect their hearts and minds from the lies that the world wants to tell. The world would tell us to live our truth, but God, we as believers want to live your truth. Help us to do that every day in front of all of the people that you place before us. Help us to keep divine appointments and to understand the battle better and better so we can fight it better not for our own sake or for our glory, but God, for your glory. We praise you and thank you for life and life abundantly, for the promises that you give us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen.